0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm gonna chat all about the Ayurvedic approach to perimenopause. So this has been the perimenopause month um, on the podcast, and I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper with what Ayurveda says, because it is a little bit different um, than my past two guests, and I just wanted to give you just kind of a nice, holistic, rounded approach um, to see what works best for you, because ultimately any of these approaches will probably work It's just a matter of sticking with it and doing it because they're all diet and lifestyle changes and habits to make. So Ayurveda is no different in that regard. Um, My first path is if you are right now in your menstrual cycle years, fixing your menstrual cycle, that is step one. That is the best way to have a smooth transition into perimenopause and into menopause. So um, if you have a regular cycle and no pain, no issues, keep doing what you're doing. If you do have issues with period pain, with cramps, with bloating, with all of the things that we consider maybe normal, um, they don't have to happen. And I've done a ton of podcasts, um, and just episodes and blog posts all about fixing your menstrual cycle. So if that's something that you're interested in, check out some of the past podcast episodes to dive deeper into those. Cause I'm not going to necessarily touch on that now. Um, but you start looking at, as Dr. Amy said, perimenopause about, so if you're, if you can ask your um, biological mom, sisters, someone, um, you know, close to you who might know what age they went into menopause, and then you subtract 10 years. And so that's approximate, um, age for you. If you were adopted and you're not quite sure, and you don't know, um, you know, typically, Around 56 to 58 um, might be the ages that you're looking at going into menopause. So then you would subtract 10 years. So you're looking at maybe late 40s, you know, mid to late 40s, you're kind of thinking about menopause. So that's where you're in that um perimenopause timeframe. So that's that's those are kind of the math that I would use. So again, if you're currently your menstrual cycle years especially if you're in your twenties and thirties, definitely now is the time to start fixing that. Even if you're in your early forties, you know, starting to kind of make those transitions to balance out your cycle. And that will be a great indicator for how you're going to, you know, go through your perimenopause and menopausal years, because all of those things um, that we often associate with horrible times, you know, the mental clarity, I've heard of that um, actually quite a bit um, as of recent is just the mental side of, um, menopause and the brain fog and, um, you know, body aches, night sweats, all of those things. We're trying to alleviate them. So let's chat about it from the Ayurvedic lens. So if you're in your perimenopause years or they're coming right up, um, what you're kind of looking at, I'm going to give you a few different, just overall tips. And then we're going to dive into the doshas because of course that plays a factor. So overall, how are your OJAs? you know, and these are, you can look at these at any time. So even if you're listening and you're not quite in those perimenopause years, this is great stuff to just kind of reflect on during your menstrual cycle years as well. So how is your OJAS? It's your vital energy. If you're feeling depleted or drained or stressed, they're going to be quite low. You want those OJAS to be feeling high. So you feel better in your body. And so I've also done a solo podcast. I think a couple on building your OJAS. And so if you head to my um, website, just as my name, andreaclaassen.com and search the blog and just search Ojas. You'll find that podcast episode and then you can kind of tune in there because I don't want to go too deep into that. I'm going to kind of share um, some new information with you today, but that is one of the things that you want to look into is your Ojas. Next, strengthening your Agni, which is your digestive power. So again, everything in Ayurveda starts in that digestive track. So if you're struggling with digestion, these rest of the practices that I'm going to share, they're going to help. But your digestion is usually where things are, where things are seated. If digestion is off, most of the other practices are going to be off, um, you know, sleep, you might not be able to sleep as well. Um, you're probably not going to be able to maybe work out as well because you just feel like, ugh, you feel sluggish. So really honing in on that Agni or digestion is key. Another general tip, making peace with the past. So again, that mental agitation Clarity, you want to have that peace of mind that can be challenging at this time. So making sure that you're making peace with your body as you go through this transitional phase, you know, um, you know, doing any process. So just as we welcome, you know, young girls into their menstrual cycle, maybe, maybe you didn't like my, did not have that experience, but, um, I, I plan to, um, if I'm given the opportunity, um, with a daughter, I would plan to try to do a menstrual cycle, Um, kind of transition and circle and really honor that time. And that's the same thing as you're going to go through perimenopause and menopause, really take the time to honor your body and honor your inner wisdom. Now you're coming into those crone years and that's amazing. That's the wise woman energy, you know, really stepping in and owning that power. So that's kind of the work that you might be doing mentally And that's where sometimes that mental agitation can come because we're still clinging to the past. We still want what we were, you know, when we were 25 and we're just not, and we're clinging and we're grasping to things that happened maybe 20, 30 years ago. um, And that person that we are, but knowing that we should constantly be evolving, you know, most of us are. And so that's a beautiful time to just embrace that. And then the final piece is increasing your rasa. So rasa is juiciness of life. And so I'm going to go way more in depth into what that means um, in a second here when I when I get a little bit more detailed. But just kind of have that in the back of your head. You want that rasa, you want that juiciness. Because what happens also at this phase, perimenopause, menopause, we talk about dryness. We talk about drying of the body. Um, And so that's where the, you know, making sure we have those juicy practices so we keep things fresh and flowing. All right. So let's dive now into what I want to really dive deep into today, which is the doshas. How do you know what dosha is going on during perimenopause? Also, as we're transitioning, so right now, usually between ages 20 to like 55, 60 is your pitta stage of life. And then as you transition, pretty much for women, it's going to be that menopausal years. You're into that vata stage. So you might transition into menopause a little earlier. So maybe some people are in menopause at 48 and that's, that's totally been known to happen. So you're gonna transition into those vata stage of life a little bit earlier. So those perimenopause time, it's kind of the time, and this is also explains a lot of why I have a lot of pitta and vata clients. It's, it's balancing both of those doshas quite heavily. We have a lot of pitta, we have a lot of vata going on now. How do we deal with it is the question. As we transition into that, that Vata time, um, we have those Vata experiences going on inside of our body. So just as I talked about with that mental clarity, with the dryness, um, those are all Vata, Vata dosha, um, experiences. So I'm just going to share a little bit of, um, maybe if you're having symptoms, if you're in perimenopause, here are some symptoms you might be having, and these are the doshas associated with them. So again, first, we're always looking at balance. Balancing the dosha that's out of balance. So even though you might be in the vata stage of life, maybe you're having all of pitta's um, perimenopause symptoms. Well, we got to treat pitta because pitta is the one that's out of balance, not necessarily the vata. And then if you're having a sprinkling of all of these, we always treat vata first. So if you're like, ooh, I, I have some in each category and maybe they're equally distributed, you go back to vata, you treat vata. If you have some in every category, but you're leaning more towards, let's say heavy with the kapha, um, maybe you have four in the kapha, two in the pitta and two in the vata, you're going to treat kapha first. Okay. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. So vata, what do we experience if we have a vata imbalance? You're going to have bloating, disturbed sleep. This is the longest list, by the way, constipation, dryness in the vagina. Dry skin in general, pain or body aches, fatigue, stress, anxiety, a loss of libido, difficulty with concentration, reduced bone density, and increased sensitivity to noise. All right. And so why would that happen that last one, that noise? I, I thought that was great to add in there because I think a lot of us as we get older, we sometimes have that agitation to noise. and those are the vata years. you know, we don't like to have things um, super loud, or it just overstimulates us because that is where Vata sits, Vata sits in the ears. And so making sure that we're not overstimulating ourselves there. All right. So those are the Vata imbalances. Here's Pitta, hot flashes, skin irritation, heart palpitations, excessive body heat, mental and emotional irritability, night sweats, burning urination, and heavy bleeding. So those are Pitta. And then finally, we have kapha, which is going to look like weight gain, lethargic, unmotivated, maybe vaginal. It's a little itchy, increased discharge, sadness, mental dullness, low moods, and then increased hunger. So if you know anything about um, the doshas just in general, you'll be like, oh yeah, I can totally see how these fit in those categories. Um, You know, it makes sense that we have the heat and we have the Um, emotional intensity coming in the pitta category. It makes sense that we have the heavy energy in that kapha and that we have the um, scattered energy, the dryness in the vata category. So those are kind of how we break down each of those doshas and the characteristics that are going on. So then how do we support ourselves? So where do we start? So if you have stuff like this going on and you're like, okay, I really want to dive deeper with these symptoms. I have a ton of them. This is that's when you would want to reach out to a practitioner. That's when you would want to get some one on one support or maybe some group programming, something that really would support you with that. Um, otherwise, if you're like, oh, I have this, but just a little bit, you know, here are some lifestyle tips that you can kind of incorporate. And then if they're not helping, then maybe you reach out for some help and support. Um, and again, I would probably go to someone um if you want the Ayurvedic lens, you'd probably go to someone who knows Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, like myself or someone else. Um, that's just a caveat. Some people know maybe just a little bit or holistic doctors, but they're not going to know fully the Ayurvedic lens. And then what I have found, cause this, this is a, this is also a caveat is it can confuse you. It's done that to myself. If I'm, if I'm looking at it from many different lenses and scopes, and I'm not fully versed in one of them, I end up getting confused. So for like astrology, for example, Vedic astrology and actual astrology, they're slightly different. Like I have different rising signs and moon signs in the Vedic astrology compared to actual Western astrology. So I found that was confusing to me. And so I don't do a ton with Vedic astrology just because I don't, I don't have anyone that I follow that is steeped in that. So I have more people that I follow and know with just Western astrology. So I follow that a little bit more but that's where it can get confusing. You know, things are similar, but they're not quite the same. And then we get confused about what we should do. So, um, if you are, if you are listening and you're like, yes, give me the things that are your Vedic lens. That's where I'm kind of, um, you know, telling you from. So how do we again, support ourselves diet and lifestyle? That's yeah, nothing sexy, but those are, those are the best things that you can do to truly treat yourself is diet and lifestyle. So here we go. These are these are um, easy in theory. I'm putting quotations here because in actuality, these are usually the hardest things to do because they are just it's what we do every day, and it takes a while to uproot and pull up those just deep roots. You know, if we think about weeding a garden and we have those, you know, sometimes those things are just stuck in the ground. We can't get those roots pulled up. It's kind of like what I think about when we work on diet and lifestyle. Sometimes we have those roots so embedded that it's really hard to kind of get in there and pull them out. Where is the? Where are these stories coming from? Why do I do this? Those are, those are often um, things that we have to examine too. Not just the surface level. Oh, let me eat this instead of this. It's sometimes that simple, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like, where did I get this story? Why am I doing this? So just have grace with yourself if you're hearing that and you're like, that's where I'm at. So nutrition, favor, whole grains, fresh fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds. You're gonna wanna reduce heating and drying foods such as alcohol, caffeine, garlic, salty junk foods, processed foods. So those are all going to be things that agitate that vata dosha. You're going to add in more warm cooked foods, ghee, water, healthy oils, avocado, soups, beets, spinach, red and green fruits to keep your iron high because sometimes iron gets a little low. And then balancing the vata is key. So when you're looking at nutrition, you're really trying to follow a vata pacifying diet, and that's going to try to, um, you know, help you, in general, you want to try to stay calm and grounded. So you want to observe what takes you out of balance. So for example, three big ones can be alcohol, sugar, and excessive exercise. So if we think about this, sometimes this is the time, and this is where this one gave me pause when I, I kind of, I did some research and I've looked up many different, um, Ayurvedic lenses on perimenopause, you know, before I put together these show notes, and let's break down that excessive exercise really quick because this I think is huge in the West. What do we tend to do? We tend to think I got to eat less, work out more. Well, exercise can be really hard in our joints. And if we think about Vata, if you're doing, let's say you're doing sprints and then you're going to do a HIIT class and then you're going to go and do a CrossFit class and you're going to do the hot yoga. You're just constantly doing stuff. Um, It can really be drying to our body and it can dry out our joints. And so that's why in Ayurveda, they don't always recommend more. More is not always better. And so if we're going to be doing more, eating less, um, maybe drinking more, those are things that are going to really tip you out of balance and you're not going to feel calm and grounded. You're not going to feel great. So, um, and those are things that I observe that can often happen as we get into those later stages of life. It's easy to fall into, to habits like that and thinking that, okay, I'm going to fall into the routine of, um, you know, barely eating during the day. I might have a bigger meal at night, have my alcohol at night, get up the next morning at 5am and do that hardcore hit class and studies have shown that women, and now this is menopause years, menopause years do well, um, with HIIT workouts, but we're talking about perimenopause right now. So, um, perimenopause, you're still not going to be doing that excessive exercise. You're still hit workouts all month long are not going to be great because perimenopause, you're still having a menstrual cycle. You still want to adjust your lifestyle to your menstrual cycle. So caveat there. All right. Next we have next category to tackle sleep and rest. So getting seven to eight hours of sleep. Try to shut off the screens two hours before bed. Have an evening routine that you love. What can you do to set yourself up for sleep? Sleep, I know at this time, could also be um, kind of a pain in the butt. And I've just heard from so many people, this is probably still the number one thing. I think coming from the pandemic, a lot of women in particular, sleep has been a thorn in our sides. And so um, how can you battle that? And sometimes it's going to someone who specializes in sleep to help you kind of set that up. Um, or really getting honest about your routines and looking at those, uh, what is helping you? What is hurting you? And that's all I'll say on that one. Um, cause I have just done a podcast episode recently with a sleep expert. I would totally listen to that one. Um, if you want to dive deeper with some sleep tips, routines, I talk about this all the time. That's my number one tip for keeping Vata's imbalanced are routines. So making sure that you're not skipping meals, that you're not overeating at meals, Cause what again, tends to happen, especially for women, as we get busier and in these times, you know, if we're thinking those perimenopause years, if you have kiddos, your kiddos are probably in middle school, high school. So what's happening sports, you know, if your kiddos play sports or, um, you know, after school activities, they're busy. And so my mom would have popcorn eating popcorn at her basketball games. And, you know, I have three brothers, so there's four of us. So they're constantly at a game, like almost every night they had something going on. And so how can you make sure that you're nourishing yourself? So you're not going into these games seven o'clock at night and you're depleted. So when you come into those times, you want to make sure, okay, this, if I know this activity is going on at night, how can I make sure that I'm eating beforehand? So I'm not going in, you know, having to have the popcorn, which is drying to the body, which can cause constipation. Um, And then maybe you get tired and you're having a soda at the game or a coffee, whatever. So those are things to kind of look at and examine how can you get those routines in place? So you're not skipping meals. So, you know, even taking a bone broth in a mug, a great thing to sip on, um, on your way, maybe to the game. If you're, if you're looking at following an Ayurvedic perspective, because lunch ideally is the largest meal and then dinner is a little bit lighter. So that would be a go-to idea. Um, and then making sure the rest of your days Everything is around the same time. You're going to bed around the same time. You're waking up around the same time. You're working out around the same time, really trying to get into a nice routine and flow there. All right, next. So, I mean, yoga and Ayurveda going in at hand. And so making sure that you have a nice yoga practice and pranayama practice. So yoga, whatever um, yoga that you choose, making sure it's just balancing you. So to get, depending on what dosha you're treating, you're finding that routine that will reflect that. And then, in terms of pranayama, pranayama helps de stress and keeps your mental aspects grounded and balanced. So, when you talk about grounding and balancing, vata pacifying pranayamas, nadi shodna, or brahmari, those are my two favorites. And so, if you look at those, um, you know, if you wanna, I've, I have videos on how to do those, um, I think on YouTube as well as my Instagram. But if you just Google those, you'll find how to how to do both of those breath works and incorporating those in the morning around the same time. Some home remedies: CCF tea after meals, so cumin, coriander, fennel tea after you have your meals. You can either make it yourself, or Banyan Botanicals sells a great um, a, gr- a few different great blends. You can have a ginger paste with a pinch of salt and lime to help stimulate hunger before you eat. So sometimes we're not hungry, but we should eat, we think. Um, And sometimes instead of skipping that, so instead of skipping your lunch and you wait all the way until five, six, seven o'clock at night, having this ginger paste and just to try to stimulate some hunger um, before that lunchtime meal. And then foods to incorporate, making sure you also add in there dates, soaked almonds, um, just fennel in general. Those are all great um, foods to sprinkle in or add into your diet. So Ayurvedic practices, so Abhyanga. so this is where we're going to tap back into that rasa that I talked about, the juiciness. So Abhyanga is to help with the dryness of the skin. And so again, when we think about this time, often dryness comes up. And so that self-massage and really getting juicy with yourself, maybe you spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes um, instead of five, maybe you double that length just to kind of get that um, oil absorbed into the skin. Um, Shridaro, which is going to be something you're not going to find everywhere. I've looked locally here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And if anyone knows of anyone who does it, please let me know. Um, but I have not been able to find anyone who does this practice, but it's basically you lay on a table and, um, it's dripping warm oil on your third eye and that's to help reduce stress also helps improve sleep. And so again, if you're struggling with those Pitta mental clarity, just agitation, that's where that practice can really feel nourishing. So, um, again, if you're, you know of anyone who does that, um, let me know, or again, if maybe wherever you live, you can kind of Google and see if anyone does those practices. I know there are some places that do, um, but it is probably a little bit harder to find. Nausea oil. So I actually just had one of my clients in the perimenopause years, um, start this practice. And she said she could not believe how much it has made a difference in her life. So it's great to help relieve headaches. So if you're prone to headaches, making sure you do your nasi oil. It helps bring clarity to the mind. Um, It's really great for just stimulating, um, again, that third eye. So maybe you don't have someone who does the Shradaro practice, but you can get a Naseo oil. You know, again, off Bandy Botanicals is kind of a great place to start. So you would just, I like to have, either you can tip your head back and squeeze in the eyedropper up the nose or put it on your pinky And just, um, you know, put your pinky finger up the nose and do both sides. So if you're not into the eyedropper thing going all the way back, because that will kind of drip down the throat. Some people don't like it. The pinky finger works great. Moon bathing. So I actually have this in my book as well, in my divine body wisdom book that I wrote. But this helps bring more cooling properties to the body for at least just 15 minutes during a full moon going out. And you can walk under the full moon. You can just sit under the full moon. Um, especially, you know, as we're coming into the fall seasons and the moon's coming out earlier, you know, really tapping into those cooling practices, especially if you have a pit to imbalance going on and in that luteal phase. So if you have, um, those are great ideal times to tap into that. And then finally, we're going to talk about herbs. So Shatavari, as long as you don't have excess estrogen, um, or if you have, um, breast cancer in your genes, I probably would not do Shatavari either. Cause it's just, um, it's not always great or conducive to people who have high estrogen. I would do Ashwagandha instead. They both are, um, similar. They help bring clarity to the racing mind. Um, they help support your libido and they restore vitality to your system. So, um, either Ashwagandha or that Shatavari, if you don't have any issue with excess estrogen. And if you don't know, you know, just take Ashwagandha instead. Or again, ask someone, (laughs) ask a practitioner if you want really specific herbs for you. Uh, Choan brush, that is one that I have that I would actually recommend. Most people can take that safely. Um, It's high in vitamin C and it's balancing to all three doshas. It's a jam and you can put it on um, some piece of toast. You can have it just straight on a spoon, which is how I usually enjoy it. It's just a tablespoon in the morning to start my day. Um, So just incorporating that to your lifestyle. Brahmi, which is another herb. Again, I would probably consult with someone before I would take it, but it's helps bring clarity to your mind. It calms the nervous system. It's good for memory and longevity. Uh, So if you're having trouble again, with a lot of the mind stuff, that's a very calming one for, for any of the agitation and the mental, um, maybe stimulation that you might need. And then the last one, aloe vera juice to help Cool if you're uh, to cool your body, if it's heating. So again, great. If you have a pitta imbalance to help just cool everything down. And then a tea, a dandelion root and red clover tea can also be helpful at this time. So those are, um, kind of a combo blend. And then if you want more specifics, I would definitely work with someone so you can get some specific teas for your doshas. Whew. So that was a lot. (laughs) So I, um, I hope that you maybe took some notes. I have this all written out on my blog post. Um, so if you want to go deeper again, just at my website, andrewclassen.com forward slash blog, and you'll be able to, to take notes on all of these practices that you can incorporate. Um, and I hope that hopefully this was helpful for you. And you have an idea of where you want to go with this. Um, I guess the only news or notes for me, I do have a program that's upcoming that, um, actually is going to start next week. It is called seasonal living collective. And I, have done this program before. This is actually probably my most popular season. People love to join us in the fall. And it, if it's my one program that I have, that is not just necessarily menstrual health. It is Ayurveda in general, all about incorporating Ayurveda, balancing the Vata Dosha. So maybe if you're like, Hey, I want to know more about balancing Vata. This would be a program to check out because that's where we deep dive into the Vata Dosha. How can we ground down Um, and if you're kind of just new to all of this seasonal living collective is a great place to start. It includes one-on-one calls and it includes weekly group calls. So we're really diving deep into the material. So that's something that you feel called to definitely check that out on my website as well. It's on my homepage and, um, you know, send me a DM over at seasonally. Andrea, if you have any questions, all right, thank you guys so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.